When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com, and it is week 18. It's in the books. The Steelers win 16-13 over the Ravens in overtime, and it looks like they are headed to the postseason. We'll talk about scenarios and all that stuff shortly, but let me bring in the rest of the team. We'll start with Brian Anthony Davis, who's just doing a quick shout-out. Uh, he's uh, on on location. We'll put it that way. Brian, what's going on? I am so glad to be here, and I was you guys graciously gave me the day off to uh, to hang out with family and watch the game um, away from away from Maryland today. So I'm in a different state, but I tell you what, I feel like a million bucks times another million, and this was a Al Michaels game because yes, I believe in miracles. There you go. I wore the Believer shirt today. I was like, I, I've got to still believe that they can find a way and that the Jacksonville Jaguars can find a way. And the Jags, they weren't Jags. They played great football and beat the Colts. Now the Colts still since 2014 haven't won in Jacksonville. But Dave Schofield, will welcome you to the show. How's it going, Dave? I... I think I have some of my voice left. I did some very high-pitched screaming um, at various points in that game, especially in overtime, and I'm trying to recover, but I don't care. I will suffer through it. I will get any words out that I can to talk about this situation right now. My goodness, I am on cloud nine. Well, Brian, I'll give you a chance to say your piece, and then I'll let you go. So why don't you go ahead, and you, you did predict the winning scores. Yeah, I did have four on the 13, but that's not what what I'm so excited about. I loved Mike Tomlin's post-game press conference when he said, we've got a lot of warts. But they put this together. They, I mean, I guess, can you call this another Ben Roethlisberger fourth quarter comeback? I'm not sure if you can. I'm not sure if they're going to put that in the books as one. I don't know. But it just seems like they put it together at the end. They did not quit. No, this is not a beautiful team. But there's something I've said all year, that if you lose to a team and you end up playing to that team in the playoffs again, if you get blown out, it's not the same when you play them again. And the reason I said that, I've been talking about this on our shows all last week, when I was talking about you know losing to I – mean, when you lose by 30 to a team, and next thing you know, you turn around and you beat them in the playoffs. And that's the hope. But they're not in yet. There's a formality. We got to watch for that. But guys, ladies, 
There is another week possibly of BTSC and Steeler football, and I am loving life. This is what I needed in January to extend it deeper into January. It feels so good because, come on, we did not, we knew it was possible, but we just didn't think it was going to shake out that way. So I'm, I'm Lionel Richie. I'm dancing on the ceiling. So with that, boys, I bid you adieu, and thanks for letting me come on. We'll be here next week. All right, Brian, take it easy. We'll talk to you. All right, Dave, there's a lot to get to. I want to get Tom Muir's $5 tip on the screen first. He says, here we go, Steelers, here we go. This one was for seven. TJ has the record in my mind at 24. Uh, TJ Watt, obviously, that's going to be talked about a lot, is how his first, the fumble, forced fumble, was, I thought, initially a sack, yet they ruled it a fumble. Uh, it was, a, I guess they deemed him, Huntley, to be a runner. Is that right, Dave? No, the way I saw the scoring go down, and this is why I think it will change, and I've got to go back and look at that play again because there was so much going on I didn't get a chance to go back and check it, is that they ruled it a fumble on the center. But the problem is the, the center didn't the pull the ball. The quarterback picked up the ball, gained possession of it, and then he lost the ball. Right. So to me, the only difference there, are you deeming that he would never had never was attempting to pass and therefore was just a runner. I could understand if that's the call, but uh, you can't just say that it was not a fumble on, on on Huntley. I mean, it obviously was. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Nonetheless, uh, I could because I, I could yeah. tell you this right now on the official sure. Steelers, um, where on the Steelers media website where they have it, they still have it as a fumble on Bozeman, right? Isn't that the center? That's the center. Yes. Yes. So they have a fumble by the center on that play, but I'm. But you know what? They also have one for Hundley. Was there any other play? They're saying okay. They're saying that Bozeman fumbled, Hundley picked it up, and then Hundley yeah, fumbled Hundley and fumbled. lost it. I don't so know they, how. In the world so they must be one. deeming them that deeming it that Hundley was a runner and not it, a passer it, at that time. It's got to be. And nonetheless, he ties the record. Yeah, Michael Strahan's record has been tied, so he's next to him. Uh, let's get a couple super chats up here. Rhino Tool gives us $7. $7 for number seven. How sweet it is to give Wang Harbs a losing season. <laughs> that is always good. I, someone on Twitter said, did he leave the field without shaking Tomlin's hand? I didn't see it, so I can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. Mark Davison gives us 10 dingo dollars and says, the Ravens lost six in a row and their season collapsed. Wang's going to Wang. Go Steelers. Here we go. Yes, Dave. Go I want to say something about that. They lost six in a row to finish the season. Started by the Steelers, ended, ended by the nuts. Steelers. And that's four straight wins for the Steelers over the Ravens. Going, yep. It's dating back to the last time they lost to Baltimore was uh, three years ago. Tom Muir, $9. He says, I forgot the $1 per W. Thanks for a great season, fellas. It's not over yet, Dave. Let's get the scenarios out of the way. Unless, correct me if I'm wrong, unless the Charters and Raiders tie, Yep, the Steelers are in. Steelers are in unless there's a tie. Now, the only thing to be concerned that's about so that. shady. That is so shady. Manufacture it. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's so. So oh, now gosh. I'll be honest with you. If they're playing legit and they end up in a situation like the Steelers and Ratbirds, I would say that they're, that they, I could understand them going into overtime playing to not lose and just tie. But you don't play it that way in for in the first quarter in the first half, you know. And that's what I real. I'm going to. I mean, Steeler fans are going to be glued to the TV tonight just to make sure. You want to make sure that these teams are not, quote unquote, setting it up for each other. But I don't think they trust each other. These teams have never liked each other, and they would like nothing more than to end the other season. But they're not going to take an unnecessary chance to lose it at the end of regulation or overtime. 
Well, and this is why Roger Goodell, who I still have gone back and watched the Manning cast. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. And so I watched, I recorded the Manning cast and they had Goodell on too. and he, and he said, this is why we backloaded all these divisional games. We want these games to mean something, even if they don't mean anything for playoff hopes, but the fact that they just don't like one another. And so mm-hmm. I would think that the Raiders and the chargers, they don't want the other getting in. They, they, they don't want that. Nope. They want to end their season and they want to, propel themselves to the playoffs i hate the fact that it's like this but who would have thought the jaguars do what they did i mean they didn't just beat the colts they smacked them down dave and so we're i'm sitting there and correct me you can say whether what you were feeling i'm watching the steelers play and on twitter people are hitting me up all the time saying up the jaguars are up 10 nothing 10 3 13 3 16 3 i'm like are the Jaguars going to beat the Colts and the Steelers are going to lose this game and not make the postseason because of it? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, exactly. In the third <laughs> quarter, that's what I'm thinking. Cause I mean, the Jaguars, that was a combination of the Jaguars playing some of their best football and the Colts playing some of their worst. I mean, they were not playing well from, I was trying to catch some highlights in between stuff with, with the Steelers, but you know, I'm not going to miss a play from the Steelers game. So I just realized I still got my terrible towel around me. That's um, fine. That's <laughs> fine. It looks good. That, that, um, that as it just kept going on, I'm like, are they going to, when they were up 13, I'm like, watch them lose this game 17 to 16, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But no, they just kept pouring it on. And it was really, it was the defense of the Jaguars who played really inspired and Trevor Lawrence did what he needed to do. Thank you, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. All of Steelers nation was cheering for you. They talked about it before the game. You did it and during the game. <laughs> you did your part. The yeah. Steelers came close to not doing their part, but ultimately Style points don't matter. They did their part, took care of business, got it done with less than two minutes left in overtime. Here we go. Let's see the super chat here. 199 something from CNOD. He's from Austria. So he's tuning in from Austria. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. I'm not sure what the conversion rate is on that, but uh, (laughs) well, well, hey, we're going to get through it. So uh, there's so much to uncover here, Dave. I think the best way to do it is to dive into the numbers like we always do All in right. the post-game show. And let's talk with Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. He finishes much better day. 30 of 44, 244 yards, one touchdown, one interception, was only sacked once for an 80.1 rating. When it mattered most, though, Ben made the plays. It wasn't always pretty, but Dave, what do you think about Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger? Well, I'm going to tell you this. Once again, he was a second-half quarterback. In the second half and overtime, he was 22 of 29 for 178 yards and a touchdown with 102.4 rating. So that was a big difference of things when you really looked at it. Ben Roethlisberger coming through when he needed to. I'll just say this. Third down and seven, converted. Third down and eight, converted. Third down, was it eight or nine or whatever? Eight again, dropped. Fourth down and eight, eight. converted. You know what I'm saying? Two third down conversions and a fourth down conversion. Ben Roethlisberger's last regular season pass was a fourth down conversion to Ray 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 McLeod. Who caught it and backpedaled to a first down. Yep. The the DJ drop on third and eight was really a killer because you knew it was a four down territory anyways. And and I I don't know if he'd have got the first down anyway. No, but he would have made it manageable fourth down. Fourth and eight is not ideal in Baltimore on the road in those conditions. Also about Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. I said this on Twitter. Don't know if you noticed came out in the second half, no glove on the throwing hand. Did you, did you see that? That's our, that's our super chat. Oh, where I'll bring it up right here. I right, there's night, another one here. Yeah. Yep. Knight yeah. Rider 16, $5. Once Ben yeah, took he, the glove off after the half, he played better. I, it yeah, was I raining hard. I don't think people realized how crappy the, the weather really was. 
Yeah, and when you put those gloves on, they have that stick them, but yeah, sometimes that can get slick too. I mean, you're talking about changing the glove all the time. Uh, so yeah, good catch by Knight Rider. He saw it as well. Brandon Keene, dollar ninety nine says Ray Ray MFing McLeod or MFing. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it. Ray Ray gives and take giveth and taketh away. Yeah, uh, as we talked about on our Slack channel, Tyler W at two dollars. McLeod came through in the rain. Yeah, after after a play that I thought he should have had. We'll get to Ray yeah. Ray McLeod. I yeah. thought he should have had the catch a deep. Well, it was a tough catch, sliding if, catch. But I thought he if we want to talk about Coach Tomlin. He brought all that up. You know, he said Najee got hurt. Najee came back and redeemed himself. Pat Furmuth didn't get the first down because he went for the sidelines at the end of regulation, came back and redeemed himself in overtime. Ray Ray McLeod doesn't come up with the catch, comes back and redeems himself. All great stuff. We'll get to Najee and all this, but I want to get yeah. Monster 19 on there at 499. Fire Tom. Nah, son. Here we go. That's I like it. I like that. That was very well played. Very well, very well played. played. Very well played. Let's get this uh, Brighton Barnes two dollars. Great defensive play calling, and also D Bush sucks. Okay, can we just enjoy? Exactly. Just enjoy the win for a second. Yeah. But hey, let's keep in mind Mike Tomlin was the one officially calling the defensive plays along with Terrell Austin in this game with Keith Butler out with uh, COVID nineteen protocols. So. Uh, yeah, if you like the defense today, you like Tomlin's defense, so don't complain when you're complaining. Yeah, Tomlin's got his fingerprints too much on this, whatever. Okay, so Ben Roethlisberger, though, fitting that the regular season finale was in Baltimore where it started in week two in 2004. We all know that. Now he gets a playoff game. Um, I, you have to think, I'm going to just as kind of early looking on, let's assume, I, I hate to assume, but let's assume the Steelers get in. You got to feel like Ben's playing with house money, am I right? I mean, no one expected him to be here. Absolutely. I mean, it's money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. Because, well, you thought four weeks ago, you said, "Hey, if the Steelers go three and one down the stretch, they're probably going to make the playoffs." Well, then they've hit a scenario the way everything fell out. Fell out that even if they did go that far or did go three and one, that they were likely going to miss it, yeah. and then. When things that as bad as things fell last week, they felt great this week. Last week we were ticked at the Colts for not for not taking care of business against the Raiders. Well, if then if the Raiders wouldn't have beaten the Chargers, then the Steelers would have been out if that would have happened. But it's because the Colts blew it again. Now they're right back in it, barring the tie tonight. Um, I'm just man. When yeah. was the last time things broke the Steelers' way like this? That you can oh, remember. I can I, I cannot remember. I cannot they remember. Were playing in Cleveland in week 16, or well, sorry, week 17, game 16. I remember specifically watching this game. I'm trying to remember which what season it was. And they needed the Bills, who were not good, to beat the Jets, who were. And Pittsburgh was winning the game against Cleveland. And then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people were clearing out. And all the fans were down close to the sidelines and they all start cheering and start cheering. And the, and the players were talking about looking around. They're like, what's going on? What's going on? And that's when they found out that it was that I'm pretty sure that it was the bills defeating the jets. And then, then that put them into the postseason. Uh, yeah. You might I wish right. I could tell you the year. You be, yeah. I think it's 2015 okay. is what some, some people are saying in the live chat. Okay. All right. So let's go black and gold goggles. He's 499. He says, how many games did TJ play in this year? 15. Plus he missed pretty much the whole Vikings <laughs> game and he didn't have Favre. Giving him one, so I think TJ's number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm just, I just hope that TJ Watt can reproduce later in life if he changes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right, <in the> McNuggets. <laughs> I was like, oh no, tell me he pulled his groin, and then I watched the replay. I'm like, that's no, pull. That's, that's, that's a, a push. That's a different groin. That's a different. <laughs> that's what my dad used to call the growing muscle. <laughs> <laughs> different kind of force going on there. Not a pull. It's yeah. A push. For I'm real. sorry, I had to go super nerdy on that one. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> No, no problem. No problem. All right. So Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger finds a way to win. The Steelers finished the regular season nine, seven, and one. Uh, winning record didn't have to go to the 500, eight, eight, and one as many predicted, uh, but still good to see. And hopefully this would equate to a playoff game. Now, Dave, do you know who the Steelers would play? Kansas if City. they do get in, they would go to Kansas City because, yeah, because Tennessee, Tennessee won. locked up the they- one. And because Kansas City won, they're the best, they're locked in as the two. The, the only beyond behind that, it's not set. In stone right now. I what I really wanted either either Kansas City. I wanted Kansas City to lose that game last night, and they should have. Stupid Melvin Ingram. Anyway, um, because I was wanting it to be Cincinnati setting up to beat Cleveland and then to host the Steelers, and they got to play Cincinnati again, but didn't go that way. Bottom line is some people are like, oh, well, what are they going to do? In the, don't care what they're going to do in the playoffs right now. The biggest thing is, is these young players now have the experience of getting a, a, a playoff game on the road as underdogs under their belt. And we'll, we'll see what happens. And that experience is valuable. That is very valuable. I don't think that can be understated. Uh, Topher gives us four ninety nine. Do you see a question? I'm looking for his next one that he types in. He hasn't yet, but if he does, I'll bring it up. Okay. Gosh, a trip to Arrowhead again. Let's do it. Yep. What the heck? Chris Boswell well, will win it again. Well, you know what? Some oh, there he did. He gave us another four ninety nine wow. just to say it. Very nice. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Najee one handed catch was so underrated. What a stud. Najee yeah. Harris's performance. Let me ask you this. We'll go to the running backs in a second. I'll read the yeah. stats line. But Dave, why would they put him back in the game in the fourth quarter and overtime, but not use him anywhere in between? So if the elbow's good enough to go, why would you hold him out? Answer that for me. All right. I'm going to give you an explanation, but I'm not going to say I agree with it. I just want to premise that before I say it. Okay. And that is if the fear is because of the elbow, you are worried about being able to secure the football. I get I understand. But then they get to a point where it's saying, you know what? Having you in the game to be able to, whether you can secure the football or not, is what we ultimately need. So do do everything you can to secure it, and now go friggin' win us the game. To me, that's the play. I don't know that I would have agreed with it. Or maybe they were trying to not get too many hits on the elbow and held him out for as long as they could until they felt like he could come in and finish out and not, and not be in too bad. You know, would you have rather had him for two more drives in the second quarter or two more drives in the fourth? Yeah. Well, no, everyone always says, you know, Benny Snell doesn't get a lot of carries and we never see Kalen Balaj. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. And all this stuff. But still, you know, everyone always says that. Well, you got to see it and you got to see what makes Najee Harris special in fourth quarter and overtime. The one handed catch, mm-hmm. that nice run down the sideline for 14 that set him up in Chris Boswell's field goal range. Let's talk about the running game. Uh, the Steelers rushed for 79 yards, which is a low number. And Chase Claypool, believe it or not, led the team in rushing. Three carries for 13. Najee Harris, 11 for 28. Benny Snell Jr., 12 for 22. Uh, And then Ben had minus four yards because of kneel downs. Three kneel downs. Yeah. So let's assess the running running game. This is a good run defense, mind you. Number one in the the NFL, right, Dave? Yes. Yeah. So that's a week at least. 
Right. So that's a good run defense. This is not like they're playing against a powder puff team and all of a sudden they can't go and run for a hundred yards. And you're also without your star running back, which I do feel like the offense is built around a lot. Uh, And so when you lose that, that's a big issue. But Dave, if you're looking at the running game and we'll talk about the offensive line now at this time as well, how would you sculpt the narrative following this game? Uh, Najee Harris makes all the difference in the world. I mean, yeah. just think of the feel of that Steelers offense. I don't know if you felt it, but the way I felt was when the Steelers were out there on offense without Najee Harris, you're like, oh, geez, I hope they can pull something off. I hope they can pull something off. But when he was out there, I had confidence that they could. I had much more confidence in what they could do. So, And it's not just as a runner. It's also in the receiving game. It's just he's a playmaker. So it just felt different, in my opinion, when he was out there. It's not that they did terrible, but honestly, that one that, that when they settled for a field goal, if they have Najee Harris in that drive, they might they might have been able to go down and 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 punch it in down there. When you think about that third and one carry, not only that, I I'm going to say something that I, I didn't think I would ever say this season, and that is, if the Steelers, you know, Benny Snell Jr. is still a rookie in his rookie contract, he's going to go into his final year next year, I believe. I'm fine with he and Harris as their one-two running backs. Yeah. I, I think that not, Benny Snell showed enough, in my opinion. And does good on special teams. He does good on special teams. He had a great blitz pickup uh, in this game that allowed Ben to deliver a pass. I trust Benny Snell in that role. I'm yeah. not suggesting that Benny Snell is going to be able to come in and take carries away from Najee Harris. Not saying that at all. I trust him in that role, but that's for next season. That's for next season. All right, let's go to Brad Jew. give us 499. He said, was only worried TJ wouldn't get defensive player of the year didn't make the playoffs. Give me a reason why now. Well, he'll get- <laughs> a lot of people were saying that last week. He oh, you get- can't give it to a guy that's not going to yeah. be in the playoffs. He'll get a chance. Mm-hmm. He'll get a chance to to really show what what he's made of here in the postseason on primetime. And you know, look what he did on Monday Night Football. <laughs> you yeah. know, with four sacks of Faker Mayfield. So, all right, let's get to the pass catchers to finish up the offense. Chase, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Pat Fryermuth, six for fifty three. Deontay Johnson, seven for 51 on 10 targets. Yikes. Zach Gentry, four for 39. Say bingo if you had that on there. <laughs> uh, Chase Claypool, five for 37. Ray Ray McLeod, four for 37. Najee, four for 27. They threw for 244. Dave, what do you think about the passing game and the pass catchers especially? Talk about spreading it around. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, your your highest one was, what, 53? And your lowest one was 27. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that with with six different players um, catching passes, that's spreading it around. That's not sure who they're going to throw it to. And man, did they? I mean, Zentry had Zach. I'm calling him Zentry now already. Zach Gentry had the longest play of any of them of that 25 yarder. So it's it's the fact that they could basically go to anyone in that situation, which which really uh, goes to show what they were doing. And you're going against one of the worst pass defenses in the league. This is what you should yeah. be doing. And they didn't do that a lot in the first half. The pouring rain. In ben the, yeah, Ben I, did I not. He did not look like he could throw the ball in the first half. I didn't notice the glove thing. That makes perfect sense because he just looked like I'm like they need to pass well, the ball, but the ball Ben just was, doesn't the seem. The ball accurate. was sailing on him. It didn't yeah. have any zip to it. And then when he yep. comes out in the second half, <clears throat> all of a sudden you're seeing that zip. That you're seeing that pop yeah. in the ball. There was that pass to Pat Fryermuth, I believe. It was a third down complete. Yeah. I know where exactly. he is. Fryermuth is peeling to his left towards the sideline, and that ball was just beautifully placed. That right should have been interference. 
They were holding his arm. Uh, well, don't get me started on the officiating yeah. there, David. All right, because <laughs> that's a whole other that you're opening Pandora's box by bringing yeah. that up. But still, offensively, let's talk about the offensive line and the play calling. Let's start with the line play, Dave. You're an offensive line guy. Were you happy? Concerned? What are your thoughts? Well, let's just say the uh, was it was it Patrick Queen that came through and almost took the handoff on that one yes. play. Yes, it was. I mean, that was, was right play. Yeah, and that seemed like it went right between Turner and Chooks. There was times when the offensive line throughout the game was just like, yikes. But they, I mean, Ben only got sacked once. Um, and believe it or not, there was like on that play that Ray Ray couldn't come up with, he actually ended up being able to move in the pocket and have time to throw. So there were times that they were doing great. I'm really going to have to go back and break it down more to to – to say as well, it didn't, no one stood out to me other than a couple plays of being really bad, but it's not that someone stood out to me as being really good, but my goodness, still can't believe they got that touchdown to Claypool. They had to overcome three penalties by the offensive line. And there were other drives in the game where they didn't. To me, it was more about the penalties that they gave up um, than even it was their play at times. Okay, so let's, under the assumption that the Steelers are in the postseason, Dave, your offensive line, assuming that Moore is healthy, he's back at left tackle, right? Yeah, I'd put Moore back at left tackle. But the biggest question is center. You hope Kevin Dotson. If Kevin Dotson can get back, that would be a really big, big gain for them. But LeGlue hasn't been awful. I mean, he had a false start today, and that was bad. Kevin, Kevin Dotson, the Steelers waited. He's got to be activated this week or he goes on IR for good. It was one of those things, well, we, we start the window, but we don't have to make a decision until after the regular season. Now they actually have to make a decision this week. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Dotson back, but it's really up to them if they feel that he's 100% in order to start and be on the field. But what, what, center, what about center? That's the big question. That's the big question. I, honestly, I was not watching JC as much today as I probably should have. Um, he has provided a bit of a spark. I, if I had to pick right now, I would, as much as I don't want people to write off Kendrick green because of one season, my goodness, people wanted to get rid of Boswell after 2018. Come on, people give, give people a chance to turn around that you still have under contract. But anyway, I would still probably go with Hassan hour, uh, next weekend. Okay. I agree with you. Actually. I, I think yeah. Dan Moore gets back out there unless Dotson. I, I like LeGlue. Um, I think that he's proven to be valuable, uh, but he's not Kevin Dodson. So they can get him back. But then I think also stick with JC. Let's get this after Wilson Pava gives us 1999. He said, started watching with eight minutes left as I went through airport security after landing in Miami. That's an awful airport, by the way. Uh, I was afraid I'd get in trouble for celebrating sometimes. Unforgettable win. What a way to end Ben's career versus Baltimore. Bring on KC. Wang sucks. Thank you, Wilson, (laughs) for the tip. And what a finish there, Wang sucks. He does suck, by the way. Yeah, he does. Uh, he almost just sucks as much as uh, Baker Mayfield. Let's go, uh, Brandon Keene, 499. This is Deontay's drops and what should have been a flag in overtime make me worried. He's another immature head case. Hope he grows up real quick. I, I The flag, the play that I thought was a face mask along the sideline, uh, they actually, they grabbed his uh, shoulder pads. I was yeah. all up in arms in my living room thinking that was a face mask. I was yelling and screaming, but whatever. Um, had to, you, you yell know, and scream in your living room? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is between kids throwing stuff in my face. Uh, Jorge <laughs> gives us four ninety nine. He said it wasn't very pretty. It was a very stressful game, but hasn't hasn't our last Super Bowl runs had some of that sprinkled in here? Uh, yeah. Um, when you look back at the Steelers' playoff history and, and getting into the postseason and 
sometimes there is a little luck involved. And I wouldn't yeah. say that there was a lot of luck in this game. If anything, I thought that luck wasn't on the Steelers side. When you think about uh, Benny Snell's big catch and run that gets called back with a face mask <laughs> penalty on uh, who was that? That was um, hey. Hey, Joe Haig. Yeah, it just some of those calls, you're like, my gosh. Like you, and the play your brother said on the Slack channel, the, the Huntley run, I don't know how you don't call holding on that. I felt like yeah. I saw five people being held, but again, not going to talk about the officiating. Hey, got the W. Yep. Tom Yerges, $2, everybody. Wang Chung tonight. That's right, Tom. Because it's not Wang that. Harbin's tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> he can go home and he can work on his uh, – on his exit interviews is what he can work yeah. on. Right get out the golf clubs, boys. <laughs> get out the golf clubs. All right, let's go to the defensive side. Well, well we got another one. Oh, I'm Follow, sorry, it, it follows it up. Go ahead. Go Monster ahead, 19, 499 into the tip jar after after the fire top. He comes back with wang, 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 wang. He's going to cry on the car ride home. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Very Love it. That guy's got a very punchable face. I'll put it that way. Yes. All right, <laughs> let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the Steelers against Tyler Huntley, who definitely looked like an inexperienced quarterback at times in this game, but still a dual threat quarterback, yeah. a lot like Lamar Jackson, finished 16 of 31, 141 yards. He was intercepted twice. And that Cam Sutton one in the inter- in the end zone was huge. He was sacked three times, a rating of get wait for it, 37.2. Uh the what, what? you, know, you gotta yeah. bring it up. What this next the only other that the punter went Sam. 0 for 1 and had a higher quarterback rating than Huntley. How does that happen? How does that happen? Because he didn't throw any interceptions. No, that's true. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the Steelers' defensive secondary. When you look at the stat lines here, past defenses, you had Minka Fitzpatrick had one. It was a great play on Hollywood Brown on the sideline. Chris Wormley with one. Cam Sutton, obviously, uh, with the interception. TJ Watt with one. That was where he got hit in the giblets. Uh, Terrell Edmonds with three. So they had seven total pass defenses. Uh, overall, I thought that the Steelers secondary had a pretty solid game. And I thought Edmonds was pretty much up to the task against Mark Andrews. Uh, and, and when Mark Andrews made a play, guess who was covering him? Arthur Millette. It wasn't Terrell Edmonds. So I thought Edmonds had a great game. I'm going to say it right there. I thought he had a great game. But Dave, what are your thoughts on the Steelers secondary? Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I could go back and be pointed out to where I could be incorrect, but this is just going on my view overall of the game. I felt that Terrell Edmonds did a fantastic job of in, in pass defense and helping to defend Mark Andrews. But I also feel that because of that, it kind of set the Steelers up to be run against a little bit better because of that Andrews threat. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because you're taking him out of the box. Yeah. Which is why I was surprised it took till the second half till they started putting Miles Killiber in there more. Yeah. That's typically what they do when they try to go into their run stopping looks. They'll move Killiber in because he's more of a tackler than say a a, a cornerback, whether it's Cam mm-hmm. Sutton or Arthur Millette, doesn't matter. Uh, but still, I thought Terrell Edmonds had a job. He you could tell yeah. his job it was very clear as day. We're not gonna let Mark Andrews beat us. And he didn't. He didn't. What's so funny? Oh, you you got you got to join in 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 into me with this one. Well, Zapava, dollar ninety nine. I said a wang, 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 wang. Said a wang, 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 wang. And he said TJ is the real MVP. We are going to get to Mister Trent Jordan Watt here in a second. Uh, I want to get to uh, the rush defense first. 
Uh, I always like to finish on a positive. We'll put it that way. The, the Baltimore yeah. Ravens rushed for 249 yards. Latavius Murray himself has 150 with a touchdown. That 46-yard touchdown run was right up the gut. That felt like they ran that play 20 times in this game, and it was successful more than it wasn't. Tyler Huntley yeah. finished 12 for 72. Deont- De- Devontae Freeman, 5 for 21. And then they had a couple others with carries. Um, even Mark Andrews had a carry for no gain. But well, what do you think about the rush defense, Dave? Um, it was it, The numbers are bad. Yeah, but outside of the forty-six yard run by Murray, I didn't leave the game thinking, "Wow, like that was that was really really awful." Like, what what was your takeaway? My takeaway was it was all about it was all or nothing. It was the big play or short or small gains. You know, the Steelers were susceptible to the big play, like the forty-six yard touchdown, like Murray ripped off a couple other long first down runs. Um, Huntley, you know, had at least one. I'm I'm thinking two or three himself. That's what got them was the big play runs. It wasn't uh, every time they hand the ball off, they're getting eight yards. You know what? I'm, yeah. Right. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And that's how it felt to me. Is that what it felt to you? Yeah. No, it did because yeah. you you get it. You have to get a player like Huntley in bad downs and distances, third and seven and further back. And that's where they, that's what they did. And you, you can yeah. see that, especially in the second half, they were having the stops for, you know, one, one yard, two yards, three yards on first down. And then you're setting up third and seven, third and eight. And that's when you can pin your ears back. Speaking about TJ Watt, we'll get to him in a second. Were you surprised? I'm surprised they didn't even once move him to the right side. Yeah. I, Put him against I, Big no, Al. I guess they didn't. They did it they once. Didn't. I was no. sitting there at halftime. I was like, I would mix it up a little bit because they have everything going away from TJ Watt. I mean, when they booted Huntley out of the pocket, it was always mm-hmm. to the left. It was always away from yeah. TJ. And that's smart. That's smart football. But still, I was like, geez, put him yeah. on the right side. Well, and let's see him go up against Big Al. And when they ran up the middle, I'll be on, they ran at what was familiar. I felt like they went right at Chris Wormley. Oh, yeah. On, on their big runs is what they did. The, the former Raven, who played very well against them in the last matchup. But they they found a, a crease in there. The inside linebackers on some of those plays got caught up. But yeah, I I, I see what you're saying with the whole thing with TJ Watt. It would have been nice to to see that, but uh, they got the W. Yeah, go back to it. We they can got nitpick the w. This, We can nitpick this thing all we want, but they did find a way to win this game, and that was my headline in the article and post game was they found a way to win this game in overtime, and it was not easy. But let's talk about the other players in the Steelers defense, especially the pass rush. Cam Hayward, six total tackles, six solo. He led the Steelers in tackles with one sack, two tackles for losses, and a quarterback hit. Chris Wormley had a sack of his own, a tackle for loss a pass defense, and a quarterback hit. So even though Wormley is not the best in run defense, he does bring value yes. as a pass rusher. So keep yes, that in does. mind out there, folks. TJ Watt finishes five tackles, three solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass defense, and three quarterback hits. So another day at the office for TJ Watt. And oh, and of course, fumble. Forgot <laughs> to say that. Um, so when I'm when I'm looking at these numbers, and you, I don't know if we talked about this, it was you or Brian before we went on the air. TJ Watt, there are some people out there saying that he should have split the sack with Cam Hayward. You agree or disagree? What the one that he got? I I, I don't know. There were people on Twitter. No, he sh- he should have split Jeff, the they, no. They, he should have split the sack with Cam Hayward on the one that Hayward got called for the penalty, and then therefore there was no sack. That's got to be what people are talking. What a about. bogus penalty, by the way. I know because I mean Huntley. By then he's coming into it right there, and it was yes. Did did Cam's shoulder hit his face mask and make his helmet move? Yeah, that they called that penalty based on how his helmet came up on his head. 
that was he that hit him hard. That's what it yeah. was. He hit him hard. Yeah. He, you watched that play. You went, oh. And now anytime in the NFL where you sit there and go, oh, on your couch, wait for a fly to be thrown. Unless it's against yeah. Ray Ray McLeod who gets clobbered in the head every single week. And they just like, oh, he's small. Yeah. <laughs> the old Antoine Randall rule. Well, he's a small guy. He's He'll be okay. All right. Again, Jeff, don't talk about the officials. Just keep it going. All right. Here we go. So mm-hmm. um, TJ Watt ties as, as of right now. As of right now, he is tied with Michael Strahan. He's likely going to be in uh, in the postseason. Dave, do you like his odds of being Defensive Player of the Year? I got to ask you. Between the two things that happened there that you just mentioned, that just cemented it even more. He okay. he should have had it after last week's performance, but then you're like, well, if there's a big letdown in the last week, because it's all the NFL was just like Steeler fans when it comes to our team. It's what have you done for me lately? Yeah. If you you know that it's what's the most fresh in our mind. Our team is is good based on their last performance or bad based on their last performance. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's how, yeah. how it goes. So the fact that he took the big primetime game last week and followed it up with, with more to talk about, I think he's good. So let me ask you this. I agree with you 100%, by the way. Does TJ Watt even get a vote for MVP? I'm not saying I he's going to win it because he's not a quarterback no. and I'm not going to suggest that, but does he even get a vote for most valuable player in your opinion? I would not be shocked if he did. I wouldn't bet on it just because that's not what they do. I mean, when's the last time a def- was, who was it like Lawrence Taylor was the last defensive player to win MVP, something like that. Probably something crazy. I mean, they just don't do it. And it, and in the NFL of today that it's all about offense, all about scoring, all about everything else, it's still going to be the same way. It's, it's, if he gets a vote, he deserves it, but, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't be in the discussion, but when we, th- when we think realist realistically without our black and gold go- goggles on, you're going to have to say, yeah, they just don't give it to defenders. Well, I guess the question is, and I don't know the answer to this unless you do, did Aaron Donald get a vote for MVP at all the last two years he's won defensive player? Oh, that's a great question that I don't have the answer to. Because if he did, I would feel like TJ should. Yes. In this yeah. in this circumstance. And again, I, people that might be just joining, I'm not suggesting that he should be the MVP. I'm just saying, should he get some votes? Uh, and there's people joining us late that are wondering, they said, wait, didn't that first sack count? And the answer is that right now, no, it does not. They're ruling right, it now. right now. Now, this could change, and boy, would that be something if the NFL, which they have before, issues a statistic change and gives an extra and gives that first play a sack to TJ Watt, which would make him the all time leader in sacks at 23 and a half. So, um, <sighs> as of right now, though, they're ruling it a fumble by the center and then another fumble by Huntley. That's correct, Dave. I, I read that correctly. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the specialist real quick. Um, what do you think about Big Press? I, I don't even want to call him Big Press. He had a rough game, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't even want to. I don't have to look at the numbers to know that he had a rough game. Uh, they were in a game like this where field position is so huge, and in the postseason, if they get there, we're assuming they do. I hate saying that. I just wish they were in already. Um, hmm. But I got to ask you the question I asked with the offensive line: Who's punting for you in the postseason if you get there? I'll be honest with you. I'm afraid they're gonna that they're gonna have to release Waitman if they want to bring someone like Dotson back. 
They couldn't release him. They had to keep him for three weeks because they sat him off a practice squad. You can't do um, that. You can't do that. But you, you can't. But you, you can't, can't keep, keep two. I get you it. Can't so, keep two punters so going you, into the postseason. So you release press. You release press. It sounds horrible, <sighs> and you can't make decisions based on the fact that his dad just just died. I'm sorry. That <sighs> sounds so cold hearted and mean, but you just can't run a business like that. And that's what the NFL is. It's a business. And so for me, and I was the biggest big press supporter you would ever know leading up into this season, he's not kicking the ball well. And so if someone wants to take a flyer on him, if you release him, then release him. But otherwise, you go with Waitman because he's going to give you the better chance in a big-time game to not shank a punt in Arrowhead and give Patrick Mahomes a short field. I, I have a better idea. Okay, I'm all ears. The Monday, big press comes into the comes into the facility. Coach Tomlin calls him into his office. He's like, hey, on my – um." My post conference tomorrow. I'm going to come out and talk about how you how you tweaked a hamstring. I knew you were going to. We're going to put you on IR. (laughs) We're going to put you on IR so that way we're not carrying two punters on the team. You know, you came back. You showed us you can still punt after everything you went through. That's what you did. Rough conditions in the rain. Hey, the other guy who's been how many times has the other guy been a Pro Bowler for the Ravens? He 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 did. He gave a nice shank and bottomless as well. So it's not like it was great punting conditions. Can, uh, conditions if i said that right or not but that's uh, that's what i would love to do i just don't know if they can i mean my goodness do you really think josh dobbs toe was going to keep him out for the whole season but no. they put him on ir without the possibility of return and did you see him on the sidelines today in some of the huddles i sure yeah. did yeah well he's getting yeah. paid yeah <laughs> he's, collecting, <laughs> he's collecting a check every week yeah. he's not complaining um yeah that that would be one thing to do uh, is to say you know he he tweaked something. That's one of the reasons why he wasn't playing well. But I just keep thinking to myself, you're going into the playoffs. And if you go into the playoffs, which we assume they are, you're going to Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. It's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to kick. And the one thing you can't do is give someone like Patrick Mahomes short fields to operate. Yeah. You just can't do it. And we know the Steelers offense is going to have their struggles against anyone. And so you got to go in there and you got to have your best roster available personal feelings aside so maybe that's the way to do it that's the in-house way to do it that's the family way to do it hey big press or presley we're gonna we're gonna put you on ir and hopefully next season you can you know win the job in camp but they can't they you got to admit they can't go into a playoff game with him as, as their punter right well I they agree. can but they shouldn't. I agree they can't i know i know i agree i agree but I, I just keep thinking about the end of the first half I kind of felt better the fact that the that the Ravens got down there close to scoring the touchdown and had to settle for the field goal because if not, if it ends up being a long field goal that they get right before the half to tie it, it was all on the punt. It really was. I mean, he set them up for a field goal at the end of the half. Luckily, the defense held it. It didn't turn into a touchdown. So if you base how many yards they gained on the drive, even if he had a good punt, they still would have been in field goal range. But So I'm glad it didn't come down to that. But you can't let those things do that because you're exactly right. A player like Patrick Mahomes, who has a little bit more experience than Tyler Huntley, is going to make you pay a little bit more for that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right, and a lot of people in the live chat are like, ah, oh, you know, Harvin's the guy, whatever. Give him a chance. Like, give him a chance to what degree? To, to, to a degree that you're going to, this guy's had more shanks than he has had great punts this season. I'm sorry, that's not the time for, for me to do that. And that's just me. Everyone's in there. And opinion. if it wasn't that Waitman has didn't kick well, then it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, but Waitman, absolutely. 
kicked well in his two games, which is for sure. good for him. Good for him for stepping in and 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 doing the best he can to whether he has a future with the Steelers or somebody. He's shown that he's an NFL punter. And can we not pretend like this is Daniel Sepulveda, who is a fourth round kicker? Yeah. He was a second, seventh round pick. I mean, this is not like the Steelers mortgaged their future to get Presley Harvin out of Georgia Tech. They didn't do it. Okay, they didn't do it. So let's uh, calm down. I, I I hope he turns it around and is the great kicker for the Steelers next year. Yeah. But as of right now, it's just not looking good. All right, Dave. We can talk uh, about that more later. Now we want to talk about going to the postseason. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, We're going to yeah. talk about the playoffs coming up. I want to stay with yeah. this game. Uh, Dave, yeah. I want you to give me your Mike Tomlin. Like, What did you think about the coaching staff? But let's start with Tomlin. This job that he's done, not only this season, but this game, losing your defensive coordinator, he's got to bur- he's got to carry that burden too. Uh, what are your thoughts on Coach Tomlin in this game? Well, I I kind of like some of the decisions that were made. Um, that fourth and less than a less than a yard at the end of regulation when Muth didn't get it, the last thing you can afford to do. I know it's not living in your fears, but my goodness, they've got Justin Tucker, and you're not going to let them get a win against you on fourth down and kick that field goal to win it. You kick it away and go to yeah. overtime. I and agree 100%. Right call. With that call. I was thinking, oh, man, with three minutes left in the game, fourth and eight, they're going to punt it and hope that their defense gets the stop and they're never going to get the ball back. Nope. He went for it and they got it and won the freaking game. I loved both calls before the plays happened. That's the key. It's easy to love the calls afterwards, but I liked both calls before it happened because even though you might've lost that game in overtime, if you don't get that fourth down conversion, tying the game didn't help you because punting it away, the best you're going to do is tie unless TJ does his magic like he did against Seattle. So I like those kind of decisions. I didn't see anything egregious there. I, I just, I feel like this team is trying. I mean, it's frustrating when you see the offense and, you know, a drive comes out and they throw twice behind the line of scrimmage and a run gets blown up for a four yard loss and they punt it. That's frustrating. But at this, but when it comes to coach Tomlin, I get it. I also, I don't know. It's I'm giving the coaching staff uh, an above average grade for this game. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fitting though, Dave, that in a year where everything seems to be upside down, mm-hmm. that the teams that the Steelers have had that have floundered opportunities in the postseason, we're talking the 13 and three, 2017 Steelers. You could go to the 2020, 12 and four Steelers mm-hmm. that a team that is nine, seven and one that barely gets in could somehow some way shock the world and find a way to win. Like that's, that's what this feel feels like to me and kudos to Mike Tomlin for keeping things together. I've said it before. I'll say it again. No one wants to play this many rookies. No, this is not a, wow, good job guys. No, you, you don't want to have to play this many rookies. You didn't want Isaiah Loudermilk to be logging these minutes, but when Tyson Alualu goes down in week two, you have to. You have to do it. You got to make gotta it. You got to do And the, the, even the Montravius Adams and Akella Witherspoon, which we all thought yeah. was Akella Witherspoon was trash. I said it myself. I'll eat crow all day long about that. That's fine. Yep. But he's turned into a pretty solid player. We have to give credit where credit's due. We always want to sit there and bash and bash and bash, but I think sometimes we're all, myself included, a little bit hesitant to give praise where it belongs. And I think I think Mike Tomlin deserves some credit for this season and especially this game because oh, for it could the have whole gone, season. Absolutely, yeah, it could have gone sideways. Absolutely. Real quick. Now Tyler W gives us five dollars. Says, "Can we get a free agent off a team that is eliminated to help out the D line?" Sounds crazy, but I'm desperate. Well, no, no, you don't. They don't become a free agent until March when the new league mm-hmm. year begins. 
Um, unless a player is player, released. Yeah, if they were released they last waivers. week, they had to clear waivers. If the if a player, like, we'll use the infamous Mr. Third and Fifth, when he was placed on waivers last week, if he'd have been claimed, he would not have been eligible to play this right. season. But by not being claimed, a player like that could sign with another team. Now, when it comes to him, and some people even mentioned it earlier in the live chat, they're like, what do you think? I'm like, he's scheduled for surgery. That's that's good that we don't even have to have the discussion. I still wouldn't want to have the discussion otherwise. But we can just say that. He's scheduled after surgery. So go. it would have had to have been someone who was already released prior to week 18. Got it. Ryan O'Toole, this is a good question. Good segue. Thoughts on Canada's first season gives us $2. Thank you, Ryan. Dave, Canada's first official NFL season as a play caller is in the books. What do you think? Square peg, round hole. They've been asking him to do his stuff with – not the people that are there to do his stuff. So you either got to decide that you're going to stick with your people and, and, you know, and, and not do that. I, I mean, it was a really strange decision, but it, it, I think that's why they looked at other people before they, they handed it over to him. Um, because what, if you know, Ben coming back and everything just didn't seem to fit what he ultimately wanted to do. So either you've got to get the right players in next year to and reassess him next year, or else you've got to say that you're going to, these are the players that we're going to do. And this just style wasn't just the right fit. That's, that's me. Um, so what do you I'm, do? What do, what what's do I do? If you're the, if you're the decision maker, what are you doing? Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger's riding off into the sunset. Matt, Matt Canada's back next season and let him get the kind of player he needs in there to do what he needs to do. I wrote that article. It's a slippery slope, but yeah. if, if we, if they believe in the system and they think it's going to work in the national football league, then that's fine. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they just said, nah, this didn't work out. You know? Okay. So you predict that you would bring Matt Canada back with BTR gone. Okay. What about Butler? Uh, did you see a difference? Let me ask you, let's keep it to this game. Did you see a difference in the defense at all? Um, there was times, you, you thought so. And then you're like, Oh, there's that defense. that's given up big runs that you've seen all season. Um, so honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't see a big difference from last week to this week, if you know what I mean. Um, other than they gave up a lot more on the ground this week. Yeah, they did. And and you could tell that was, I, I they wanted to put pressure on Huntley, but you know, they just got gashed. You can't do, they just can't happen. Yeah. I did see a difference. I thought that they were blitzing a lot more and, and from different spots, especially early in the game. They were trying to confuse Huntley, and he mm-hmm. was confused. Yeah. And when you watched him drop back, like there was a, I think Arthur Maletta almost got home a couple times and had some really good. Oh, hits. that but one! Uh, he, he he hit him so hard his helmet he hurt, went flying, he, and he hurt yeah, himself. Hurt himself. Yeah. But my question was, was that was that due to a different defensive coordinator making yeah, the calls, or was that still right. game plan based on your opponent? It's yeah. really hard to tell. And we we won't we won't know that. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be remiss to not ask you about the news of the day, which happened before the game even started, and that was that. Kevin, uh, yeah, Kevin right. Colbert. I was yeah. right. Kevin, I was getting <laughs> he and Butler mixed up. Yeah. Kevin Colbert is reportedly going to be stepping down after the 2022 NFL draft as the general manager. Report whether he's yeah. whether yes, reportedly the, the Post Gazette rebutted so that no. report. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Just general thoughts. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, wouldn't I think. 
you could get to a point where you just don't know that you want to keep doing this for forever and you look for the right time. And the right time is either when, uh, whether you're dealing with a new coach or you're dealing with the exit of an all-time great quarterback. That would be a really good time to go if he chooses to, to go as Ben yeah. Roethlisberger goes. I also think that if they have another GM in mind, they're going to semi be in place throughout the draft and would not be surprised if, if Colbert says he's going to step down after the draft, Colbert stays on and they have somebody new in place. I think that would be what would ultimately be best for the Steelers to that way. It's not all, oh, well, Colbert did this on his way out and they're stuck with it, that it would be something that they'd be working together with. And Wilson Pavic is dollar 99. It's a great point. He said, do these decisions change with the new GM? And the answer is yes. Yeah. If Colbert is going to be leaving, then you don't make any changes without, that new person in there to, to make those changes, you know, so you're not going to make a decision on Butler or mm -hmm. Canada, unless you have a new general manager that says, well, I don't know. This is not my guy. Like mm -hmm. I want my guy in there. And obviously Mike Tomlin's going to have a say in that as well. What do you think, Dave? Well, I'm going to bring this up, even though it's not a super chat, just sure, because it's a question. A lot of people ask um, Garrett asked, why does he get to do the draft and then leave? I had to answer this before. It's very simple. The GM's job is not just dealing with all the personnel with the Steelers in season now. They've been working all season at this year's draft already. The, the, the draft prep for this year's draft doesn't start when the Steelers are done. Part, half of his job has been going oh, on yeah. in that so far. Do you really want someone coming in midway through everything of getting ready for the draft? Nah. For the front office, people like the GM. That's when their year is really over after they've taken the year of what the team did and the year of, of evaluating the talent to set up the next year when that ends after free agency in the draft. That's why they set it up that way. I've got a theory on this general manager thing. Okay. It just came to my mind because Tom, you're in the live chat says Omar Khan's the right person to take the reins. What are the titles that um, Colbert wears right now? It's vice president, vice right? president and general manager. So you have two titles there. So you yeah. could technically say, Hey, Omar, we're going to want you to be, take the vice president role. And, and then Hunt. you have Brandon Hunt. You are the GM. You're going to work you in concert together. Could do that. I'm a G I'm a genius. Just put me yeah. in there. Dude, <laughs> dude, that's actually a really good idea. Um, don't know if they will. Yeah, that's it's a possible, it's an option. But it, it, yeah, you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's <laughs> that's a chance. We kept saying going into this game. All right. So you're saying there's a chance. Come a long way, Mary. Just give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yep. All right, let's let's do some final thoughts here, Dave. This game's over. The Steelers win 16 13 in overtime. What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts. Thought, blah, blah, blah. Easy for you to <laughs> say. <laughs> Did you say final farts? That <laughs> <laughs> came out like that. <laughs> final thoughts. I've combined thoughts and R. My final farts is what it really, but it did sound like that. Absolutely. Um, um, I won't comment more on that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> This is one of the first times the Steelers had a one o'clock game that I wasn't at least looking at what the scores were, uh, what was going on now at the in the afternoon games. Don't care. Don't care. But am I going to watch tonight? Absolutely. Make sure that tie doesn't happen. My goodness. If you were to tell me that the Jags are actually going to beat the Colts, I would have been like, I wouldn't have been, I would have been highly surprised but not overly shocked based on the history. I didn't, I came into this with the whole idea of, I, I want the Steelers to win, but I am prepared for the season to be over. I was ready for the season to be over based on how everything was going to go. 
Jeff, I am not ready for this season to be over now. This team gets to go back into the facility on Monday, not to clean out their lockers, you know what, but to get treatment and to watch film, to get ready for their players day off on Tuesday, to come back on Wednesday for practice, hopefully a Sunday game. Hopefully it's not Saturday or Monday. We'll see. For and and going into next weekend, and they made the postseason. Some people were like, "Oh, is this team really good enough to win a game?" You know what? That's why they play the games. Was the Jacksonville Jaguars really good enough to beat the Colts? They did. Yeah. They did. So I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to go out there and go on this big tear. All I know is this: Ben Roethlisberger gets another playoff game. These young players gain experience, and that's not a bad. No, absolutely not. XADB gives us uh, two Canuck bucks and says, we get to see seven for another week. Wow. And that's kind of where I wanted to start with my uh, final thoughts was that um, first I want to thank the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to officially thank the Jaguars. I'll talk about this more on my Let's Ride podcast tomorrow. So make sure you check it out. But um, for me, we get to see Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs again. And this team has a feel that's the the pre-Ben Roethlisberger Steelers used to have. The playoffs were never guaranteed. And every time you got in, you just, hey, you never know. We could do some damage. I'll never forget. I think it was the 2002 Steelers, maybe, that they were the ones that lost in Tennessee. Um, uh, the Joe Nedney game. I don't know if that was 2002 or maybe that was 2001. Nah, it wasn't 2001. No, I think I wanted no, to say it was after AFC. that. It was it wasn't 03 because 03 they finished 6 and 10, and that led to the 2004 draft. I think it was 2002. I could be wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter. These games, this team. It was 2002. This team this season has has shown that they can beat teams like the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills on the road. They beat the number one seed. So think about that for a second. So every time you want to say, well, they went to Kansas City and got lambasted. Well, you know what? Sometimes this team finds a way to win crazy games, and you just never Mm -hmm. know. You just never know. Uh, Chris uh, gives us a dollar ninety nine. Says bigger upset: Jags over the Colts or us over Kansas City? Oh, by far it would be the Steelers over Kansas City. In although they're not going to, I don't think they're going to be as big as underdog as what the Jags were with the Colts. That 15 was fifteen points. Yeah, at least fifteen points. I know. I know. I did my final thoughts. I know. You know, you did yours. Yeah. But I, I do have to say, oh my goodness! And so now I completely lost. What's the last thing you said before that came up? That came up there. Oh, Bob. that's what it was. Kansas City. Do you have any idea how difficult it would have been to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City twice, twice. in a season? Oh, yeah. That's no what way. Brian said. Brian said that at the start of the show. When you get to play a team again, it's more house money. Like I used to tell yep. my team that all the time. They are. We are playing with house money. The pressure's on them, not on us. Let's go and play loose, and let's go out there and play yeah. good football. We'll be fine. Get so, done. all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Steelers win. Make sure you're staying tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers throughout this week as you get ready for the postseason. Fingers crossed without a tie. And then also our podcast platform, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers Behind the Steel Curtain. That's my Let's Ride, Dave Stat Geek podcast, as well as a bunch of other ones. It's going to be crazy this week. I hope you are excited. I hope you are excited. You should be excited, and we'll be with you every step of the way. Dave, thanks for taking the time. Woo! Steelers win. Playoff bound. Here we go. We'll see you next time on another postgame.